Okay, people, here we are again, another edition of Just for Sport. Whether you're watching on the Props Network YouTube, Twitch, Facebook page, we are live here. Or, of course, you're listening to a podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever it is, iHeartRadio, we appreciate it. We appreciate all the love you can give us. Another great weekend in sports that we're going to go over as we are here for your viewing and betting pleasure on Just for Sport here on the Props Network. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot that we're going to talk about today. Uh, Of course, you know, we got to talk NFL. I mean, I made some picks last week on Thursday's show that I felt pretty good about. I felt pretty good about them. But sure enough, just when you think, you know, Bo was on here with me, he's like, hey, we agree on a lot of this stuff. And I was like, I know, right? I was like, okay, I think we got some good picks. Yeah, yeah. Then actual Sunday, the games start, and you're completely lost in in uh, feeling like maybe I just don't know what I'm talking about. But then again, you know, all of us, we're just guessing. We're just guessing. Whether you're here on the Props Network, Brittany says, I have to apologize to the Chanticleers. <laughs> listen, listen, Brittany, that was actually a really good game against BYU. You're BYU. welcome, America. Yeah, you're welcome, America, as Bo says. You're right. Okay, Brittany, I apologize, Chanticleers. That actually was a very dramatic ending. Uh, you know, it was shades of, as they talked about on the broadcast, shades of the Super Bowl, where you had the uh, Tennessee Titans and the St. Louis Rams, and the Titans were one, two yards away, and they couldn't do it. And the Chanticleers hold on. Now, now, listen, fans ran onto the field, and you know I don't like that either. So I was very, very disappointed with that ending. Because as we know, more and more states and schools and teams, right? We're going to talk about this later. A team in the NFL actually doesn't have a home in the 49ers. They are playing in Arizona right now because Southern California is shut down. The reason why it's shut down is because the COVID cases are going up. And boy, we could talk about that. But... Listen, we got a lot to get into. Again, congrats, Chanticleers. Brittany set me straight. I should have started the show just like that. We're going to talk about the NBA futures because as training camps are starting up, you're hearing from the stars, the guys who are playing on new teams. You got Paul George talking about how don't blame Doc Rivers. You got John Wall talking about he's looking forward to the new chapter for uh his career and for the career of the Rockets. Hopefully they're going to do well. You've got Giannis talking about he doesn't mind taking a backseat to another superstar because bottom line, he wants to win a championship. And then you've also got Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons saying they're going to be roommates. They're going to be roommates to get to know each other better and win a championship. So we're going to be talking about futures in the NBA. And then Bono's college football and basketball. Is Ohio State really at minus 30 and a half over Michigan? I mean, come on. I, I, the thing is, like, just looking at that number, 
if the game is actually going to be played, which is another issue. But man, the hardballs are not looking good because the NFL, we're going to be talking about the Ravens. This may be the last shot for the Ravens. And this may be the last shot for uh, Michigan. And uh, gosh, why am I forgetting? Jim Harbaugh. I knew it was a Harbaugh, right? Jim's at Michigan. John's with the Baltimore Ravens. And in the college basketball, the biggest matchup we were talking about on Just for Sport, and it's no more. They postponed the game between the number one Gonzaga and number two Baylor, the Zags. And Kentucky's off to a bad start. So we're going to talk about that. And then Champions League. Uh, Family time last week. Uh, My brother's warned to talk Champions League. We got some matches coming up tomorrow and Wednesday. So I'm going to talk about the matches that I like and have probably the most implications for, you know, one of these teams maybe not moving on. And then Devil's Advocate. Devil's Advocate. I'm going to be talking, uh, you'll get my take on rooting for players over teams. Which one do I like more? And you got to let the players, come on, NFL, loosen the reins a little bit on how you deal with the players and some of these celebratory rules. Uh, and, of course, we got sports trivia and sports you don't care about. And I can't make up my mind which sport I don't care about, but I know what it is. I know what it is. It's not Formula One. It is called Formula Two. That's right. We're going to racing, the racing of cars. Formula Two, not one. All right. Here we go. Let's talk about the NFL. Bo, did I do bad? Did we do bad, actually? Because we agreed on a lot of games this weekend. And I tell you what, um, I I felt really good about the games. I felt good about Denver. First of all, Denver-Kansas City was a great game. I didn't expect it to be so so good. And I will say that uh, at least last week, it was easier to catch a coronavirus from a Denver QB than an actual pass. Uh, But I'm not certainly don't want to make fun of a practice squad player that was thrown into the fire as the quarterback for Denver because all of their four quarterbacks that they had were no longer available. But Drew Locke, he actually was able to play. And so um, he actually played better than I thought he would. He played better than I thought he would. The L.A. Rams and the Arizona Cardinals, I had that game. I had that game. I said the Rams would win, and they would cover, and they did. New Orleans, Atlanta, I think I said, which is a shame, but I felt like I went back and forth. But I thought Atlanta would win that game, and they did which was really surprising to me. I thought for sure that was a game that they would win. Cleveland, Tennessee, I had it wrong, completely wrong. Tennessee playing at home, I just never expected. Baker Mayfield, four touchdowns in like the first quarter, first half? That was just insane. It was just insane. Now, the Steelers and the Washington football team play tonight, so I get to an extent – I'm getting a second chance, so to speak, 
because I'm, you know, a few days have passed since Thursday. I've got some, a different take on that game, which we'll get into later. But the other game, I could not believe the way that the Giants handled the Seahawks. I just never expected a potential MVP quarterback. And I mean MVP of this year, this season. And Russell Westbrook to only come away with 12 points against the Giants, who, by the way, have won, what, four in a row? Who knew the New York Giants would be the darling of the NFC East? course the Washington football team's got a chance to you know uh stay on course as well but the Giants hold the tiebreaker but oh it's gonna be a good game tight Bo go ahead the the Colt McCoy Giants nonetheless the Colt McCoy Giants that's right not even uh Daniel Jones we're talking about the Colt McCoy Giants former Washington football team quarterback in uh, that other game, the the Jets had a chance to win a game, and somehow they lose it. I just I just don't understand what happened. There. Somehow, in quotation marks. Well, the defense they didn't. I thought for sure they put the DBs like all the way at like the five yard line. So whatever happened, they they would see the ball coming at them, and instead they blitzed. They brought seven. They brought brought seven. And guess who they brought the pink slip to? Greg with the double G Williams, the defensive coordinator for the Jets, was fired. I should. I'm, I should I'm actually. I'm I'm kind of bummed about that because Greg Williams had a chance to become the defensive coordinator for not one but two winless NFL teams. He was the defensive coordinator with the Browns when they went 0 16. Now that. That's the kind of information you that's, need. That's oh, a resume. That awesome. that's, that's a resume right there. <laughs> that is. But, like, I mean, I guess technically, you know, I mean, it was luck. But, you know, somebody got a bad beat somewhere with that ending. Somebody had to get a bad beat. That was a shame. But, yeah, Greg Williams, wow. He would have possibly, that would have been making history. But he doesn't get that opportunity anymore. He doesn't get the opportunity anymore. And in that Kansas City game, that Tyreek Hill TD, no TD, that he didn't expect that he actually uh, caught the pass. That was amazing. I wish Andy Reid would have just yeah. thrown the red flag just because. I'm I'm really amazed that nobody upstairs in the booth caught that. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's kind of their job, right, is to you know be looking at whatever film, whatever view they have access to up there. And be like, hey, you know, get the flag out. Let's let's challenge this. I mean, that was shocking. Almost, almost as shocking as Kansas City's inability to get into the end zone for most of that game. Yeah, I mean, it it really was a defensive struggle, so to speak. But the other part was, if I remember correctly, did they go to commercial break after the no catch? I feel like there was, if nothing else, there was a lot of time that they could have tried to figure out, okay, did he catch it? Did he not catch it? I just, I don't know. I was really surprised by that. It really shocked me that, you know, unfortunately, yeah, they they came away without the win. All right, we're looking ahead to 
the upcoming games. And we're going to start with the Washington football team playing or at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, first and foremost, I'm actually kind of disappointed, but I can only be disappointed in myself. I try my best to not think about wanting to go to this team, to see my wife's favorite team, play my favorite team. And everywhere I looked, it kept saying the game was canceled. And I just thought that that was really weird. Like, what do you mean the game is canceled as far as getting tickets? You know, I don't I don't know what's going on. If it was just because they changed it to Monday and just said, hey, we just don't want to deal with that. But either way, we got the four and seven Washington football team against the 11 and 0 Pittsburgh Steelers. And I will be watching it from home. Uh, it's a five o'clock kickoff at Heinz Field on Fox. Boy, I'm looking at this game. Minus six and a half. The way that the Steelers played last week, or how long ago was that? Was that really last week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was last week. It's the Washington football team who's had almost two weeks off, even though it wasn't supposed to be a bye week. But at six and a half, that's a that's oh, I don't know. Washington has has found a gym in Antonio Gibson, who, if nothing else, the 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 passing game may not have been as stellar as we were hoping it would be with Alex Smith. But, woo, as a focal point of the offense for Gibson, I mean, he's third in rushing touchdowns behind Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry. I just, man, where did he come from? I wish I had picked him up. I wish I had picked him up. And then on defense, you know, that, In my mind, when the Washington football team drafted this young, in many ways, I said, wow. You know, what, it was a third straight Ohio State player taken, which is kind of bizarre. Um, I think that's kind of bizarre. But he has proven to be a bright spot on the defensive front for Washington. And their pass defense ranked second in the league. Um, and maybe there's an upset there. Maybe there's an upset. Neither one of these offenses are great. The Washington football team ranked 31st. That's bad. The Steelers ranked 27th, so that's not much better. But I think if you're a Steelers fan, uh, and I would say the coach, but no, he's been complaining a lot. You'll be happy with 11-0. Who cares if their offense is 27? Maybe they're going to turn it around by the time you get to the playoffs. But their defense is ranked first. So if defense wins games, okay, I will ride with the defense. If I'm 16-0, and went into the playoffs and it was mostly on defense, then that's fine. That's what's got us here. That's what got us here. And we're going to continue to, to win with defense. But Washington ranks second. I know you'd expect to see or hear that they rank second the passing offices and rushing offices is nothing to sneeze about for either team but here we are they're going to be playing at five o'clock now pittsburgh yes they've had a lot of issues on offense 
But their biggest issue right now may be on defense. In that now you had Devin Bush out for the season. And then in the Steelers' last game against against the Ravens, Bud Dupree, season-ending knee injury. That's it. That's it. So T.J. Watt has to carry more of the load in this game. He has to carry more of the load. The, The Steelers lead the NFL in sacks and takeaways for the third time in the Super Bowl era. No other team has done that. And they're going to be trying to sack Alex Smith a lot, getting interceptions, getting in his face, making him have to look to, to dump off the ball to his third option, which he's excellent at, by the way. That's kind of like his bread and butter. Okay, you won't give me the, the plays downfield? I'll dink and dunk my way to a touchdown. Terry McLaurin has accounted for 26% of the, foot, of the Washington football team's total scrimmage yards this season. So maybe he can help stretch the field some. Possibly, possibly. But it's weird. Like, if you think of the Steelers' offense being only ranked 27, Ben Roethlisberger has not been bad. 250-plus passing yards, zero sacks taken in four straight games. Now, granted, some of that obviously is due to the offensive line, but I'll take that. He doesn't play well against Washington football team, only 175.8 career passing yards versus them, but it's okay. This is going to be a defensive game. No different than the um, the Ravens-Steelers. And I know it's not fair to say that in that, you know, this isn't like a rivalry, but I think that's a possibility. And then, obviously, if you also look at the Steelers' wide receiving core with Claypool, Johnson, and Smith-Schuster, only team with three wide receivers with 500 receiving yards and three touchdowns or more, or more. So here are my final numbers. The Steelers are 7-2 against the spread in their last nine games. Washington is 0-7 straight up in their last last seven road games versus teams with a winning record. So where am I going with this? You got Pittsburgh at minus six and a half. I'm going to take the Steelers at minus six and a half. I think that in this matchup, my hope at least, especially for you Steelers fans out there, is that maybe, maybe they finally, even if they don't have James Conner, Maybe finally three straight weeks of Mike Tomlin calling them uh, the JV team and they're not playing up to snuff. Maybe now against a 4-7 and seven Washington team, they're going to get it done. And I think they will. So I'm going to take Pittsburgh to win and cover. And I'm going to take the over at 43 and a half. So there you have it. There you have it. My next game. Bills, 49ers. What are we doing here? What are we doing with the Bills, 49ers? Well, first of all, might I remind you, for those that maybe weren't listening, didn't hear at the beginning of the show, 
The 49ers, it's a home game. But it's not really a home game. Now, also, if you watch Sunday Night Football, I love Steve Kornacki breaking down the playoffs. That was just, that was hilarious. That was fun to watch. And he thinks his 49ers team, even at five and six, five and six, that they have a really good shot at making the playoffs. Well, now they play in Arizona full time. Who knows when Southern California is going to open back up? Who knows? That game is 8.15 Eastern Standard Time at State Farm Stadium. Jake will be will be there welcoming the fans. Taking He's a ticket taker, Jake from State Farm. And, and, and the new Chris Paul. And the new Chris Paul. The new Chris Paul, which is played by uh, Alfonso Ribeiro. Oh, that, that's a great, that's a great commercial. I just like those commercials. They're ridiculous, but I like them. Offense is nothing to sneeze at. The Bills and 49ers at 20th and 22nd, respectively. The defense, the 49ers are ranked fourth. Kyler Murray may not be 100%. Who knows what's going to happen with him? The Bills' defense is ranked 12th. Now, the last meeting, which was 2016, so I'm only just joking about this, the Bills beat the 49ers 45-16. to You think they remember that? Maybe. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. The Bills had their best defensive performance of the year. Last Sunday, beating the Chargers 27 to 17. Why? Well, mostly because the Chargers offense actually is a really good offense, even despite their record. Their record is bad. But they forced a key fourth quarter interception to secure the win, and they're going to need to play quality defense on the road, going east to west, maybe not as bad as going west to east. Buffalo is eight and three. The 49s, as I mentioned, are five and six. The Buffalo Bills are eight and three straight up, six and five against the spread is their record. And they're in first place in the AFC East. I never would have thought. Well, I guess, obviously, now that there's no Belichick, Brady, that's what it is. I, I don't know why I act like I didn't remember that. But that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Without Brady, the Patriots can't rule the AFC East. But here's the crazy thing. The Bills haven't won a division since 1995. And I know when, you know to think that, wow, has it been that long? It hasn't been quite that long that the Patriots have been dominant, but they're pretty dominant. They're pretty dominant. Now, San Francisco, they've been decimated by injuries, unfortunately. But with their defense, they've been able to stay in games, not necessarily winning them, but we'll see what happens there. Um, Wide receiver Debo Samuel, they're going to need him big time. And they're going to need Garoppolo to play well. The 49ers are 22-8 with Garoppolo, 6-23. Without him, man, you think the Patriots wish they had kept Garoppolo? But the weird thing is they're playing in Arizona, so it's not really a home game. I almost wish they could bust some fans. Maybe some fans can show up there. I never paid. I don't even remember if Arizona was allowing fans, but I think I think they were. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Buffalo, they can win the game through the air with Josh Allen. 
But Josh Allen isn't bad with his ground game either. He leads the Bills with six rushing touchdowns. Six rushing touchdowns. The Buffalo running backs combined only have four. The Bills are one and eight on Monday night football. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. And what happened to the Bills uh, the last time they were in Arizona? Oh, boy. That that was – you think that could happen again? I wasn't even thinking about that. That was Hale Murray, right? The ghosts The ghosts are going to be nipping at their heels. <laughs> they're going to be thinking about that. Even, even though they're not playing the same team, they're playing a different team in red at the same stadium. Yeah, yeah. Buffalo is 5-0 against the spread in their last five games versus the NFC. San Francisco is 8-4 against the spread in their last 12 games as an underdog. The over is 8-3 in Buffalo's last 11 games. Take the over. Maybe, maybe not. The thing I don't like, this is probably the toughest game. You got Buffalo, you got San Francisco minus one, which to me is kind of like a push. But I'm going with I'm going with Buffalo. As you mentioned, Bo, it took a Hail Murray to beat Buffalo last time in Arizona. I'm saying that's not gonna happen this time. Buffalo will win. Take them in the points. Do I take the over or the under? Boy, 47 and a half. I'm gonna take the over. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the over 47 and a half. Need to be taking notes so I don't forget these. But it's hard to take notes when I'm actually – I have – I kind of go through – see, what happens was what I do in my mind is I have what my numbers are going in, and that's down on paper. Well, I guess nothing's on paper really anymore. But then by the time I actually go back over my notes and we're live on the show – I'm almost talking myself out of my pick, and that's what I end up doing. And so I end up picking something else, I feel like, the majority of the time. Now, the next game, we've got the Baltimore Ravens at the Dallas Cowboys on Tuesday night. Excuse me. Excuse me. They're playing in Baltimore, M&T Stadium, on Fox and the NFL Network, 8.05 Eastern Time. Who's going to take the field for the Ravens? That's my first question. That's my first question. Who knows who's going to be on the field? And that's scary. They have way too many COVID cases. But from the NFL standpoint, of course, you're just going to have to get these games in. We can't keep canceling games. But... Lamar Jackson is eligible to suit up. Bo, have you seen anything of lately saying he's going to suit up? Anything today? I haven't seen anything saying that he's going to suit up. But if you're without Lamar and you're without RG3, you got Trace McSorley? Nah, I'm good. Lamar Jackson is expected to start Tuesday, according to ESPN sources. He's expected to start. Well, they're going to need them because it's desperation time, right? 
My th- I mean, I guess even if he is going to suit up and play, it's almost out of desperation because of the fact that they obviously this is maybe their last chance of even getting into the wild card. But my issue is what kind of Lamar Jackson are you going to get? And he wasn't great before he got COVID. He was struggling. It's almost like the NFL had figured Lamar out. They'd almost figured out. He just wasn't the same this season. And now it'll be interesting to see what's going to be the issue with him. How he's going to be able to perform in this game. I mean, who knows? If he hasn't practiced in about two weeks, he may get in the game and say, hey, I can't go anymore. And I would hate to see that. But that may very well be the case. Baltimore is on a three-game losing streak. They're ninth in the AFC in the playoff seeding. But the good thing is that, you know, uh, as Steve Kornacki rightfully pointed out, that they only play one team above 500 the rest of the season. So if if Lamar Jackson gets to 100%, may, heck, maybe even he if he's at 80, the Baltimore Ravens obviously are better than with, with Trace McSorley or RG3, but maybe he's got enough opportunity to do some damage. ESPN's Football Power Index gives the Ravens a 76.7% chance of making the playoffs. But at the same time, the Cowboys need a win. They didn't come off a bye, but they haven't played in forever. Thanksgiving Day, which seems like an eternity away. 11 days rest. They were banged up. Ezekiel Elliott was fumbling a lot. Maybe he's going to get himself back on track. Maybe Amari Cooper... Can can get in, you know, can uh, penetrate that Raven secondary. I don't know. I don't know about that one. Dallas is three and eight, and the Buffalo and the Baltimore Ravens are six and five. Neither one of these offenses are great. The Cowboys are eighteenth. The Ravens are 30th. The defense of the Ravens is 6th. Cowboys have a decent passing game, ranked 13th in offense. But this, you know, I feel like it's one of those things where, like, I don't know if you if you felt this way when you were betting and, and in watching the game after you made your NFL bets, but it was kind of a weird week last week, so to speak. The Cowboys have allowed 32.6 points per game, most in team history. Not most in the NFL, but it should be. I just, the offensive line for the Cowboys isn't very good. They're allowing the most rushing yards for other teams this season at 156. And Baltimore's averaging third most rushing yards in the NFL. If I'm looking at this game, 
Cowboys, Ravens. Boy. Ravens minus eight and a half. I'm taking the Ravens to win, but the Cowboys to cover plus eight and a half. I think this game will be closer than what we think. I'm going to take the under at 45 points. Dallas is 10 and four against the spread in their last 14 games as an underdog. I like that. Baltimore is three and six against the spread in their last nine. I think I'm looking good. I think I'm looking good. All right, there are your NFL games. I'm taking the Steelers to win and cover and the over. I'm taking the Bills to win at plus one and the over. And I'm taking the Ravens to win, but the Cowboys to cover at plus eight and a half, and I'm taking the under. There you go. That was a lot. That was a lot. And I'm really looking forward to the games. I imagine you are too. It's going to be uh, quite a – It's. I don't know. Like I would almost like to see it on a regular basis that you get these NFL games. You get two of them on Monday. Maybe you can get two of them on Thursday. But I know that probably throws the, the calendar into – You know, whoever makes the calendar probably isn't happy about that. All right, when we come back, we'll take a quick break here. Do a little read, then we'll come back and we'll talk some. Uh, let's switch it up, Bo. Let's switch it up. Let's do uh, let's do some college football, college basketball next, and then we'll do NBA. Thepropsnetwork.com is a place where bets begin. No, the Props Network isn't a sports book. It's where smart bettors and new players go before the sports book. Before the sports book. Why? Because the Props Network has a few things that all betters need. Exclusive signing bonuses, reporting on weekly promos, free betting picks, and live odds comparison for every game. A visit to thepropsnetwork.com before placing a bet guarantees that you'll be wagering with the, with the best available bonus and getting the biggest possible payout if your bets hit or your bet hits. Maybe you only want one. But the Props Network isn't just another bonus site. We've also got some great content. Follow the Props Network on social media, YouTube, and Twitch for updates all week from me on Just for Sport and the rest of the Props Network team. Get ready to bet with the Props Network today. You must be 21 or over to bet online. Do you or someone you know have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER today. I feel like I'm always talking too fast. I do that a lot. I do that a lot. All right, we're going to college football here. Bo knows a thing or two about college football and college basketball. Bo, I don't know about this. uh, Minus 30 and a half for Michigan and Ohio State. uh, That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. I think it is down. It's one less. I have it at 29 and a half. 29 and a half? As of at press time, as they say. And this is the end for Harbaugh, right? I mean, if you lose to Ohio State and you've never beaten Ohio State, so let's not act like he ever certainly, beat him. But... I mean, it certainly looks that way. You know, given Michigan's real poor performance, they came into the season 
ranked like 21st, I think, and have just done absolutely nothing. Uh, they haven't won a game at home all year. It looks like they're only going to be, um, you know, they're looking at a, a two-win season. Mm-hmm. You know, some people thought they would do well against Penn State, and they didn't. Uh, I don't know what Jim Harbaugh has to do against Ohio State um, to keep his job. Win. But it, it would start, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, know, I think I that, know. Would, I that would definitely that way, but... help. <laughs> no, I, no I, I mean, you're right. You're right. Um, but I, I don't know besides flat out winning this game, which looks far out of reach, but, you know, it's 2020 more improbable things have happened or less improbable things have happened. Um, but I, I don't know if there's anything outside of winning at this point that Harbaugh can do to to stay around in Ann Arbor. I, it, it just seems like the, the writing is on the wall at this point. And, I, I mean, it's really unfortunate. ESPN, according to ESPN's Football Power Index, they have Ohio State – winning uh, at a 94% chance of winning. That game is noon on Fox. Um, do you see the number going down? I mean, because if I'm betting right now, I'm going to take Ohio State at that number if I, if you know, make some money. I mean, it seems yeah, crazy. I, I mean, I've, I think the number is interesting. Um, I think I'll be, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on it. I think if it goes below four touchdowns, I think that's a pretty easy take for me on Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, to see that early movement, obviously only one point, but that early movement, I think, is is pretty indicative that betters are still trusting Michigan um, and trusting Harbaugh to, to at least try to keep it close. Which um, you know, I don't have the. Let me see if I can pull up the, the last few results. But um, it, it hasn't been close over the last few years. No. And, and so I think. I mean, if you're, if you're getting that minus 30 and a half at minus 115, over under at 67 and a half, boy, I mean, that's a blowout if you're saying that they're going to win by 30 points. I mean – what are you going to get to score it? I mean, 50? 56 27 last year. They're one in four. Or they're one in four straight up in the last five games. They're uh, four and nine against the spread, Michigan is in the last 13 games against Ohio State. Oh, boy. That's awful. Yeah. Sorry. I guess that's going to be it. It's unfortunate, but this is the end for Michigan, and that's the end for Harbaugh. I mean, I mean the Wolverines are two and four. Ohio State's five and zero. Oh, by the way, this game may not even be played. Right? I mean, isn't that no, a possibility too? You think it's going to be played? No. I, I think I think there is nothing. If if Ohio State gets canceled on again, they're screwed. Is the short version. Right. You know, this is their last game of the ineligible season. Ineligible for the championship. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, they're going to be eligible. If, if that was – if I could well, go on DraftKings right now and I could bet that even if Ohio State doesn't play, that they will somehow find their way into the 
the championship conversation, even with only five wins, they will find a way to do it. The NCAA, they're going to find they have to. That would be ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, the it's a tough right now, but, you know, in an ideal world, I think where Indiana's Michael Penix Jr. isn't hurt, I'm out here, you know, preaching that the Big Ten should move to the Big 12 scenario where it's not in divisions, it's just the two best teams mm-hmm. from all of the conference goes to the championship game. Because, you know, if Penix was, was healthy, I would love to see Indiana-Ohio State round two. Because Indiana looks like clearly the second best team um, in the Big Ten, especially after beating Wisconsin last week um, without Penix Jr. You know, I gave him to you against the spread. Again, you're welcome, America. Hope you <laughs> took him straight up as well. Which, by the way, come on, we I I we didn't expect that. I did not expect Indiana to play as well as they did, right? You thought, I mean. I I expected them to play. I expected them to play very well. I don't know if I expected them to win straight up, but I thought that two touchdowns was probably one of the easiest spreads I've looked at on. Mm. Okay. I do like the Indiana story. I think it's really cool. I mean, obviously it's unfortunate, but I probably would have – enjoyed a Northwestern story more, but that's more because of my bias with uh, Michael Wilbon. But uh, yeah, Wisconsin, six points. Six points, that was it. I that I am amazed. I just I just never Tom, Tom Allen is a great is a great defensive football coach. Yeah. So that means he won't be in Indiana for long, which is the next thing that you say, right? No, he will be. No, no he will be. No, why? Why? What coach do you know? He's an, he's an Indiana guy. He's an Indiana guy. He's an Indiana former Indiana high school football coach, I think. Um, you know, obviously was around a little bit down south uh, in, in the SEC working under Hugh Freeze. But I don't know at this point, I don't know what other job is, you know, as attractive to him as what he's built at Indiana. Mm. It's okay because that's interesting. And back when I was at Pitt um, and covering Pitt as well, I remember when Ben Howland left, and the thought was that John Calipari was going to come home. Didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, we had we had that same discussion with Sean Miller a couple of years oh, ago. Oh yeah, that's right, Arizona. I don't know if you want to touch him at Arizona. Uh, a lot of. We'll see what happens. Maybe the NCAA is hoping nobody's going to pay attention to the the, the issues there. But um, yeah, well, there's there's new new stuff coming out at Louisville. I have to. I haven't looked at it. Yeah, yet. yeah, that will be interesting. Yeah, I mean, everyone, come on now. You know who the boosters are, Sean Miller. You're not going to be able to say, "Oh, I didn't know." Uh, uh-uh, uh, we're not playing that. Okay, let's talk about college basketball. Uh, the Zags. I can well one the fact that they didn't play the didn't play Baylor that one and two matchup we were looking forward to and now they cancel four more games. I just feel like yeah. college basketball should have said, "Hey, let's look at a January February." Because the thing is it wasn't like Dr. Anthony Fauci or anyone else didn't say back in the spring, back in April, "Oh, this is coming back in the winter." 
this will be back in the winter. And I, I will keep saying this. I will keep saying this. Yes, everyone said, oh, well, football, they, it's a contact sport. But I still believe that basketball, not only even if you, Dr. Jay's Naismith didn't want to be a contact sport, it is more of a contact sport in my mind than football. You're more close proximity. There's, there's like less separation. Less right? separation. Of, you know, in football, you got you get the face mask, you get the helmet, you get the pads and everything. Basketball, you're right up on them. You're right up on them. Like, there's no way that we're not going to have a situation where I think in basketball, maybe you play, normally you play what, about 30, 35 games? Maybe you're going to get 15 in? Because – yeah. You can't you can't field a basketball team. Well, I guess you can do whatever you want, but the number of players is at what? 12, 15 on a roster? We just gonna at pit. We, we just Jeff Cable, hey, just come on and play. If you were a walk-on, if you did good in the um in the intramural league, look, we need you. We you gotta come and suit up. Bodies. And not, it's all about the bodies. It's all about bodies. And in basketball, your locker rooms are closer together. I just don't see it. The thing that I think is the biggest issue, the biggest issue with why the NBA is so emboldened and, no, we're having a season, and college basketball saying we can do this, is because you're acting as if you don't remember that the NBA, it was because of the bubble you had success. That's it. That is it. That's it. That's all there is to it. So if you're looking at college basketball and you're trying to figure out, okay, is Wasford, Richmond, are we playing today? Okay, let's go to that game. We got Richmond, a ranked opponent at minus 12 and a half, minus 106. Are you taking Richmond over Wasford? Minus 12? Minus 12 and a half, yes. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go Richmond. Yeah, I, I haven't watched. I have watched more of Richmond than I have of Wofford. The Spiders play at two p.m. today in Richmond. They have an eighty-six percent chance of winning this game, according to the ESPN's Basketball Power Index. Yeah, if you, I mean, if you're just going to put me on the spot like that, I'll take it. Let's go. Yeah, there we go. There we go. But in reality, right? I mean, let's let's take it a little more in in into what we do behind the scenes. What game was it, you, me, and Sam? We're about to tweet out. We're doing a promo for and We're like, oh, that game's canceled. Oh, it's Baylor. Gonzaga, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. It happened. We were about to tweet it out, and it was like, oh, wait, the game's canceled. What are we going to do here? What are we going to do here? What game is going to be played? I think it's going to be interesting, you know, very – you know, just kind of no real impact, I think. But it's going to be interesting to see where Gonzaga is in the next eight people. You know, they're the number one team in the nation. They've looked like the number one team in the nation when they played. But if they're not playing, are they still the number one team in the nation? Yeah. I mean, right now, the new one that came out today, yes, it's still 1-2 Gonzaga-Baylor. But you're right. If we get into, you know, two weekends yeah, from but, now. Yeah, you but, know, next week, next week, week, the week after that. Right, right. right. Yeah, that's I mean, they're off like, till yeah. they're quarantined till what the 14th? I think I saw they, yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, stuff. until the 14th. I mean, for one, the fact that when you think about basketball, it actually is a, a good I don't know, what's probably not a good thing, but they play more games. 
So I feel like, you know, it's for a two-week period in NFL, obviously, maybe you lose one, maybe you lose two games, depending on if the NFL can move it back. But, like, yeah, for Gonzaga, you're going to lose four games. How about tomorrow night? Creighton, Kansas. Number eight, Creighton, against number five, Kansas, at 5 p.m. That should be a good matchup. Creighton is 3-0. and game. That's a great game. That's going to be exciting. I'm trying to find a line here. I, I, I can't find the line. They're, they're normally – it's hard. They're normally not out until like 24 hours in advance. Yeah. So you have to wait a little bit on that. But I would say anything under – under – I guess anything over like six, eight points, I would probably take Creighton. Mm. Because I think I think the Jays have looked really good so far. Kansas, um, I don't know if we've talked about it on this show, but they've been up and down. Um, you know, losing their their two big stars, including Udoka Azubuki, um, who is a huge presence for them down low. Bill Self is has been, you know, having to adapt as much as everybody else, but he's having to adapt with kind of very different pieces on his team. You know, he's known for that high low style of basketball, right? And Kansas sometimes this season just hasn't been able to play that because of the personnel they have on the court. Yeah, um, it's it's not what Bill Self likes to do. They've done a very good job of changing. They've looked you know pretty good so far. They kept it close against Gonzaga. Um, you know they dealt with Kentucky, who I think we'll touch on it a little bit here. But you know I think that um, you know Greg McDermott and, and Creighton looks really good this season. Um, I would probably take the Jays if they're a any sort of, you know, meaningful underdog. The fact that, you know, yes, you talk about the injuries and the fact that Kansas barely, barely beat North Dakota State. They had to win it in the last minute. Yeah. Tyon Grant Foster with the go-ahead basket to win it. Um, I would take Creighton to win and cover. I, I think this could be the game for them, if nothing else, because of the injuries to the Kansas Jayhawks that I'm going with Creighton. Yeah. I'm going with Creighton. I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you there. Yeah. I mean, they're crushing teams, beating Kennesaw State 93-58. to That's the kind of score you would have expected Kansas to beat in North Dakota State. But let's move on. As I mentioned, Kentucky. The thing for me with Kentucky is – it's easy to look at the headlines and say, oh, wait, they're losing. They lost to Georgia Tech. But the thing is, isn't Kentucky always like this? This is – it. I shouldn't say always like this. That's not the right way I want to put it as much as they lost 79 to 62, so they aren't playing well. But Kentucky is like a washing machine. You know, you bring in the the, the, the star-studded lineup, and then they go to the NBA, and then you bring in the next lineup of freshmen, then they go to the NBA. And especially with COVID, I can imagine how difficult it is for John Calipari. You know, I'm sure in his mind, he didn't expect to be one and three. But I think this is just growing pains for uh, a team that's always a revolving door of yeah. nothing but McDonald's All-Americans. Yeah, and I think that's definitely um, a concern, I think, every year for Coach Cal when you, because of, obviously, the, the massive amount of roster rebuilding 
he has to do year in, year out because of the biggest selling point, which I think we've talked about before here. The biggest selling point for Cal and, and Kentucky is you come here, you're going to the NBA. Mm-hmm. Whether you're an early first-round pick, a lottery pick, whether you're a mid-second-round pick, like some of the guys this year, you're going to the NBA because that's what Cal does, is he develops NBA players and NBA contributors, right? We had the debate, I think, a couple of weeks ago with Dexter, you know, name the best Duke player in the NBA yeah. right now. And I think, I, think, I think we came up with J.J. Redick was probably the best one. Best player you know, all time. doesn't really count. I mean, like, right now. Um, because, you know, Kyrie doesn't count. He's a one-and-done, whatever. Um, he only played, like, what, like 12 games at Duke? Yeah, that. yeah. Um, but Kentucky, Kentucky, I think, is used to this, right? They're How used many does Zion having... play? Like, 17? Because he was hurt for part Probably of season two, right? Yeah. Wow, yeah. yeah. Uh, a big chunk there in the middle. But, I mean, this is what Cal is used to, and I think the concern is this was this was going to be a down year for Kentucky. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think on paper, when you look at what they lost and when you look at what they brought in, you know, a couple of good transfers, guys like Oliver Saar from Wake Forest, you know, have made a little bit of an impact, but not as much as they hoped. I think there were some concerns about um, this Kentucky team. They were still going to be in contention in the SEC. We haven't really gotten to see the other team up there at the top of that conference in Tennessee as they've had massive COVID issues, had to cancel the MTE they had down there. But Kentucky, I think you have to be worried at least for the, you know, significant present, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure Coach Cal will get things going as the SEC season starts. But for right now, for the remainder of this, you know, limited non-conference schedule, losing by 17 to Georgia Tech, a Georgia Tech team that was, was some people's pick to be a sleeper in the ACC. But they yeah. came out, lost to Georgia State in four overtimes. They lost again. They haven't looked like the Georgia Tech that anybody thinks they were going to be. And then Josh Pastner goes in. They're at, I think they're playing at State Farm down in Atlanta and gets one over his former boss and Coach Cal in a big way. And, you know, I think – I'm sure Cal's not happy about that. Yeah. Uh, the, Terrence Clark is, to me, the player that Kentucky's going to need to step up as a freshman, and they will go as he goes. Um, and then he's going to leave and go to the next level <laughs> at the end of the season, <laughs> and they're going to have to start over again. But at the same time, that's what Coach Cal likes, right? He's he's yeah. good with that. He's good with that. All right, thanks, Bo. All right, coming up, we're going to talk NBA futures. That's next. Next, I'm just gonna you know just kind of look and see if the numbers change. What's what's moved, and and numbers I like to. Um, Coming up. All right. BetMGM is a new online sportsbook that is taking over the online betting nation. Not only does BetMGM have some of the best odds on all the major sports, but they also offer some of the industry's strongest weekly promos. This week at BetMGM, you can get a free $20 in-play wager when you bet $50 or more on any live NFL game. Or you can get up to $100 in free bets in the free-to-play pick three first touchdown NFL challenge. We got three games coming up tonight and tomorrow. And as always, you'll get a $10 free bet in the Money Monday Club. And again, it's Monday. But that's not all. Right now, BetMGM is a special signing bonus for the Props Network listeners. All you have to do is create a new account at BetMGM and use the code JUSTSPORT20 to get a 100% match on your first deposit up to 
$500. That's right. Just enter code just for 20 and up to $500. Go into your bankroll. Huh? Who doesn't want that? You must be 21 or over to bet online. Do you or someone you know have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER today. So it's the NBA Futures. And training camps are opening up again, which is exciting to see. You're starting to hear from the players. You know, talk about um, where they see their team this year. Some players are still answering for last year. Paul George, playoff P. But I'm excited. I'm excited for another season, even if it's unfortunate that I really feel like, yeah, as I talked with Dexter last week, maybe, maybe we will get 60 games in. Maybe. Because remember, the NBA is trying to have, they're trying to backdate the schedule from the last game that they want to say can can crown an NBA champion because they don't want to butt up against the Olympics. So unlike the NFL, who can take, if they really wanted to, I mean, I'm sure it's difficult. They can move the Super Bowl, move some playoff games, whatever they want to do. But the NBA really is up against it, right? Rocking a hard place for the NBA. So in my mind, it's, hey, look, we see what's happening with, with college sports and in the country, right? Who knows? Now with Southern California not being able to play there, that means that the Clippers and the Lakers are looking for new places to play. Where are they going to play? Who knows? I mean, Sacramento, Golden State Warriors, that's Northern California. Hope I'm not wrong there. I didn't even look that up. I just kind of had it in my head that, okay, well, the Warriors are fine and the Kings are fine. But we know the Clippers or Lakers right now are looking for a new home if they haven't found one already. Maybe they have. Maybe I'm missing something as I'm now into the show. But when I'm looking at the NBA champion and I was like, okay, yeah, Lakers are at plus 275. They're the favorite. Even adding a player like Montrez Harrell, you know, re-signing Quinn Cook. Happy about that. DMV native, always rooting for him. The Clippers and Bucks are both at 550, plus 550, and the Nets are at plus 600. But if you look below that, the Miami Heat, I mean, they're plus 1,500, and they were just in the NBA Finals. That's a good pick. Celtics are plus 1,300. Teams, you know, kind of thought to Celtics, you might see them there. You want to see the, the next level of growth from them. The Denver Nuggets are at plus 2,000. Plus 2,000, and you saw how well they played up until they played the Lakers, but they learned from that. The Raptors are at plus 2,000 as well. But the team I'm looking at that I think you can get some real value out of, the only thing that makes it tough for me, as I'm about to say this, is the fact that the West is stacked. So I think you can you know, put some money down on plus 3,500 or the Warriors at plus 3,000. But I like the Sixers at plus 2,500. Fresh, you got a new coach in Doc Rivers, a fresh start. 
for Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. I like that. They're talking about being roommates again. The roster's not bad. I just feel like they're the type of team, you know, you, you add to the Seth Curry, so you got a shooter who played well in the playoffs, I might add, with Dallas. Tobias Harris. I don't know, Dwight Howard, I guess. I mean, he did play well last year. He did play well last year for the Lakers. Shake Milton. I just think Matisse Thibel, you've got some guys on this team that Doc Rivers has something he can work with. And the Eastern Conference, in my mind, is way more wide open than the West. So I like the 76ers at plus 2,500. Now, if you really want to go deep, deep, no, don't like the Wizards, and I know I'm getting into it if we're going to say NBA champion. So I'm going to leave it. I could leave it there, but I like the Pacers. If I'm going to think of a long shot, and it is a long shot, but if this team can stay healthy, if you've got Victor Oladipo leading the way, Another year with him and Malcolm Brogdon learning to play together. You got the Holiday Brothers. Dougie McDermott. DeMontis Sabanis, TJ Warren, Miles Turner. Not a bad team to look at. Not a bad team to look at. Conference winners. You want to go there. Milwaukee. Bucks in the Eastern Conference at plus 230. But again, you can get the Sixers at plus 900. I'm looking at the Pacers at plus 4,000. Those, those are two sleeper teams in my mind in the Eastern Conference. And if you want to throw a couple dollars at them, you can. You can. On, in the West, you can get the Warriors who just got Kelly Oubre Jr., at plus 1500. Now, granted, they did lose Clay Thompson, and that's a big loss. That's a big loss. But if Steph Curry is the is the Steph Curry we know, he can carry this team. And as much as I'm like, uh, I mean, he averaged a, a single a single triple double. So hopefully Draymond Green is kind of like slowed down a little bit with thinking he's like this great player. But he's still a quality all-star. And, and in many ways, yeah, when you lose Klay Thompson and Steph Curry, that's a big deal. But I think for as big of an ego as Draymond Green has, I was hoping he'd be able to back that up a little bit. And he couldn't. He couldn't. But you get Steph Curry, you got Green, you got Kelly Oubre. Brad Wanamaker, let's go Pitt. Andrew Wiggins, look for another quality season out of him. 
And then James Wiseman, the greatness that is the newest warrior in James Wiseman. But I like them at plus 1,500. Why not? Then you can also get the Suns who brought, who let Kelly Oubre go, but added Chris Paul, who, come on, y'all, no one knew Oklahoma City was going to be as good as they were last year, at least in the bubble. Undefeated in the bubble, couldn't make the playoffs, but undefeated in the bubble. Still have DeAndre Ayton. I like them at plus 2,000. You can get the Rockets at plus 2,200, who have a new a new all-star player in their lineup in John Wall. I expect them to make the playoffs, but that's a pretty good trio. That's a pretty good trio. If you can get DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall to play at the level that they played before their injuries with James Harden, woo, watch out. Watch out. That is a big three. That is a big three. In their roster, their roster isn't bad. They may have one of the better benches in the NBA. If you look at the fact that they still have uh, P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon, Damari Carroll on the team, Daniel House, another former wizard who left the team, is like, wait, 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 what? That's Daniel House? What happened there? Christian Wood, who may be the sleeper signing, Of the Houston Rockets, Rockets, excuse me. I like that team. I do like that team. All right, so then we go to what I wanted to also talk about is uh, the futures, the division winners. So we talked about that, and now we're going to talk about team winning percentage. I'm not going to go into it too much. But if I have to take the over-under, and I was thinking about the Golden State Warriors at 54 and a half. The thing that I wanted to talk about isn't so much the those numbers, but that's 54 and a half at plus 102 for the Warriors. I'll buy that. The Washington Wizards, the over at 45 and a half at minus 13. I really only like to look at the pluses. I want to get as much money as I can for my dollar. But my thing is, I'm looking at all of these over-unders, and my thing again is, will they even play this many games? That's my issue. Will they even play this many games? And I just don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know. What I do know, which is exciting if you want to, you actually can pick game lines, DraftKings. DraftKings have odds for the first first few days of the season. Warriors Nets, ooh, that'll be a good one. Take the Nets at minus five, at minus 112. Clippers, Lakers, I'm taking the Lakers at minus two and a half there. I think the Lakers are really going to, you know, come out and, and make a big statement game. LeBron will play that game. Because they'll get their rings. They're going to make a big deal about it. They want to prove again that they're better than the Clippers. They're going to say, no, let's put you back in your place, Clippers. Tyron, Lou, 
used to coach LeBron in Cleveland. Now he's coaching the Clippers. Yeah, I'm taking the Lakers at minus two and a half. I'm taking that. But it's just cool to see. You can see all the Wednesday, December 23rd. All Of course, Christmas Day is a big day. Friday for the NBA. A lot of games you can pick from there. So that'll be exciting. That'll be exciting. I'm looking forward to the NBA season. I really am. All right. Went over a few of the futures for the NBA. Gave you some sleeper picks. Going ahead and, you know, put your put your money down now. DraftKings, BetMGM, Unibet, PointsBet, whatever you want to do, we got you covered. Are you located in a state with legal online sports betting? Well, if you are, then you can look at all of these options and make a choice. But don't make a bet this season before you visit thepropsnetwork.com. PropsNetwork.com has you covered with free bets and special bonus deals from all the top U.S. online sports books. You can get $30 from free bets or up to $100, $600 in risk-free bets at Unibet. Claim up to a $1,000 signing bonus bundle from DraftKings Sportsbook or try PointsBet Sportsbook with four risk-free bets totaling up to $1,000 using promo code BONUSPROPS. The Props Network is also the only betting news site with live NFL odds for every game. We got two games tonight, one game tomorrow. So you can shop the comps and know you are getting the biggest payout possible before you lock in your bet. Do your bankroll a favor and check out thepropsnetwork.com. You must be 21 or over to bet. Do you or someone you know have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER today. So I'm excited. I'm excited because we've got Champions League. Champions League, and I enjoy my segment with my dad and brother, although it's supposed to be brothers because they all watch. Some big games coming up in Champions League on Tuesday and Wednesday. And the matches I'm going to focus on is Leipzig versus Manchester United, Barcelona versus Juventus, and Real Madrid versus Gladbach. Munchen Gladbach. Now it says that uh, the odds are that Leipzig will win and the total will go over. I don't know. I don't know about that one. You can get... Manchester United at plus 175, the tie at plus 285. And Leipzig, I keep, I, it's like, I'm going to screw this up. Leipzig, Leipzig, you can get them at plus 138. Bottom lines, I'm going to screw it up every single time. Total goals, you can get the over at plus 800, which is out of control. But I do like it if you're going to go with the – I like the under two-and-a-half goals at plus 135. I do like that. I do like that. The thing about – the thing about soccer for me is – 
you're going into these matches and in my mind the biggest issue is teams aren't just playing to win in the way that they're playing for positioning i think the thing i like about this match is for points man u psg and Leipzig all have nine points. So you want to win the group stage. You want to win group H. So this is a big deal. One of these teams could be out playing in Red Bull Arena. Predicted score. Like two goals, I don't know. I mean, I'd lo I'd love to see more goals being scored. The goal differential, Man U's plus six, Leipzig is minus two, and PSG is plus three. Obviously, Man U has more of the firepower. But oh boy, to think that. Uh, Man U could not make it to the round of 16. Just seems like that's just, that's just not possible. It's just not possible. But they need to wait a loss to Lipzig to move on. Hmm. Boy. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I mean, Le Leipzig got a draw with Bayern Munich at 3-3 on Saturday. They're just a really, really quality football club. And you're going to need Rashford, Pogba, Greenwood. You're going to need everybody to play well, especially because you don't have Fred. So, for my brother's sake, I'm gonna say Man U wins and moves on to the round of 16. That's my pick. Next game up, Barcelona versus a Juventus. Barcelona versus Juventus. Barcelona 15 points, Juventus has 12. Barcelona, they're in the driving seat. If they can avoid a loss here, which which like gets so confusing. Like you're reading, right? I'm going through my notes here. It's like, okay, if they can avoid avoid a loss by three goals or two goals if the score is three-one or higher. You just get you get just so lost. You're just like, wait, what is what is happening here? What is going on? Most people are leaning towards Barcelona winning and the total going over. You know what you want to see. What I want to see is Messi versus Cristiano Ronaldo. That's what you want to see. But then it's like, are they really going to play? 
I don't know. I will say, just on a side note, I actually, to this day, I am so happy and I can't believe you will not, if I didn't tell this story before, I actually gave, presented a wizard jersey to Messi. It was the most amazing experience ever. And I have the picture on my phone. I should have had somebody else take my phone and give the jersey, show me giving the jersey to him. And shout out to my man, Rob, Rob Seller, who actually made the jersey and was like, hey, give, go take this up to Messi, please. But for me, um, there was a little kid named Ryan and he wanted to meet Messi. And I grabbed him out of the stands and weaved our way through the crowds of people outside of their uh, suite and took him in and got him a picture with Messi. And I hope he'll remember that when he's older. Somewhere in his room, he's got the picture. But uh, back to the game, back to the game. Dembele is out. Pique, Fati, Roberto. Not playing. Juventus needs this victory. I actually have to admit, I got a Juventus t uh, jersey t-shirt upstairs. It was like $5 at the Adidas outlet. And I was just like, you know, I don't know. The J, Jamoke, the J, I wanted, I just wanted it. But it's very, this is a big match for Juventus. It's a big match for Juventus. And let's see what happens here. Now, if I've got to make a pick, that's a different story. That's a different story. So Barcelona Juventus, money line, Barcelona at plus 110, the tie at plus 265, Juventus at plus 235. I'm taking Juventus. I'm taking the over under on total goals. I'm going to take it at, boy, that's a tough one. Over three and a half at plus 160. I'm going to take that. And for player props, I'm going to take the first goal score at Cristiano Ronaldo at plus 430. And I'll take the final goal score, uh, Coutinho, at plus 800. There you go. That's what I'm taking. All right, next game. Real Madrid versus Gladbach. Munchen Gladbach. This game is also a very, very important game for me because I've never watched Munchen Gladbach. I don't even know. Who's on their roster that I've ever seen play before? I just, Zinedine Zidane, how are you going to bet against him as a coach? I don't know if you do. I think you expect Real Madrid to win, right? You expect them to win this game. I would at least. They're playing Wednesday. 
Real Madrid is at minus 160, 136, excuse me, a tie at plus 265, and Gladbach at plus 410. I, I'm just leaning towards Real Madrid. I'm not going to act like I know Gladbach, who it is. Mbolo, Implie, or Plea scoring. I'm going with Real Madrid. Now, adding to that, if you look at the game, I'm going to take Kareem Benzema to be the first score, only at plus 380. Sergio Ramos to be the last goal scorer at plus 800. Now, if you, you, you know, we talked about uh, Plie, you can, uh, you can get him at plus 850 as a first goal scorer if Gladbach scores first. And actually, that'd be kind of cool, right? You, uh, if anything, the one thing I'm looking for in these soccer games or football matches is I like it when the underdog scores first, and then you really got to see the favorites turn it on. That's what I want to see, and that's what I hope to see. All right, so there you go. All right, so I went over my Champions League scores. Real Madrid, I expect them to win. I'm going to take the over-under goals scored. I'm going to take over three and a half at plus 138. All right, let's end the show. Devil's Advocate. Got a couple short things to talk about. This Wall-Westbrook trade has exacerbated an issue that I have been probably dealing with internally, but never really thought about one way or the other. I'm rooting for way too many teams because over the course of probably the last 15 years, 20 years, I find myself rooting for players way more than I'm rooting for teams. Yeah, I want my home teams to win. But now I've got so many connections, personal connections to different teams and players. Either from something, a uh, happenstance, um, you know, it's crazy because when I think about my staying with football for a minute, I root for Chelsea because it was the first team I had ever seen play outside of MLS, which is DC United. And and Didier Drogba, it was his first game. I was covering the game for WPTS at Heinz Field. And I said, oh, I like this team. All of the pump and circumstance around Didier Drogba taking the pitch for the first time. So that was why I was rooting for Chelsea. I root for Millwall, although, by the way, I'm, I'm very disappointed in their fans for booing when the players took a knee in their EFL championship game this Saturday. Come on, Millwall. But I were them because when I was covering the Wizards in London, the bus driver, the whole his whole area, if you ever think about a bus, right? they've got their whole little office, so to speak. It was Millwall everywhere, and it was just fun talking to him about his favorite team and how long he's rooted for them as a kid. So I have a Millwall shirt. And then on our flight, actually, this is before I got to London, our flight was delayed by three hours. We sat on the plane waiting to see if we were going to take off because of the blizzard. And I sat in the back with the flight attendants 
And all of the flight attendants were from Coventry City. So I started rooting for Coventry City. And so I've got a t-shirt of theirs. But then, of course, you know, I root for my home teams, the Wizards, the Orioles, who I consider to be a home team before the Nationals. But I do root for the Nationals and the Capitals and D.C. United. But my wife is a Steelers fan, so I root for the Steelers. Every city I've lived in, I root for those teams. I lived in Chicago, so I want the Bears and the Cubs to win. So the Bulls, oh, man. That connection when Michael Jordan decided to play for the Wizards, I was like, oh, this is perfect. Now I have another reason why I can still kind of like to see the Bulls do well. Otto Porter plays up there now. JaVale McGee, I was rooting for the Lakers to win it all. And Golden State when he was there. Now I can root for Oubre in Golden State. Now I can root for Wall with the Rockets. Now I can still root for the Wizards, of course. Bradley Beal's still there. And I want to see what Westbrook does. But I feel like more and more in sports, it's harder. It's going to be harder for teams to build any kind of a fan base the same way anymore. Because when players are leaving, like Wall, to go to the Rockets, now you got a bunch of Rockets fans in D.C. And not just because of what Wall did on the court, but because of what he did in the community, too. People just fell in love with Wall. And I remember a story. Uh, Brian Erlocker. Am I saying it right? Was it Brian Erlocker who did a lot in the community for the Chicago Bears when he played? And when he was no longer going to play, that was like a big controversy when, when they were going to let him go. It's like, well, look what he's done in the community. He's beloved. He's beloved in Chicago. And that makes it tough when you just kind of. I don't think it was Brian Urlacher, but it makes you want to root for the players way more than the team. And I think that's what's happening. You know, Kevin Durant's a former DMV player. So, of course, how could you not root for him? How can you not root for him in Brooklyn? How could you not? So, I'm rooting for players more than I am rooting for teams now. That's what I find myself doing. And I think it's okay. It's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. Your allegiances change. And if players move on to other teams, then maybe you do end up following that team and want to see them be successful. And I don't feel bad about it. Now, one thing that I do feel really, really bad about is the NFL. And I don't like what they did to one A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, excuse me, Arthur Brown, as he is known, uh, the Tennessee Titans tweeted out that he was fined $7,000 for throwing a ball in the stands. But wait, why? Why, especially during this time of COVID, do you do that? Come on, you're telling me when the ball, which costs, what, $100? So I would say, if anything, find the player for the ball. But 
how happy are those fans that receive these footballs? You can't charge, you can't find them $7,000. If anything, it's good PR. Come on. Especially Lambeau Field, the Lambeau Leap. You jump into the stands, everybody's all excited, the ball, you throw it up in the air. Arthur Brown, give him his money back. Maybe he did get his money back already. I just feel like I just don't, I don't like it. I don't like it, especially during these times. You know, if there, uh, you know, maybe as a handful of, of fans in the stand, how happy are you making them to get a, to get a football? Charge the $100, $200 to, to, to buy another football and even make that go to charity. That's my, that's my thing. And I don't even think that really belongs in the devil's advocate. I guess I put in devil's advocate because I know for the NFL, they're like, well, but we can't have all of these football players throwing footballs in the stands after touchdowns. Okay, how many touchdowns on average are they scoring in a game overall, right? Because not every player throws a football in the stands because maybe you want to keep it for a record. So maybe you're talking about four footballs total, four or $500. That's it. That's it. All right, sports you don't care about, but you need to know about it. Mick Schumacher. Remember I talked about in Formula One, Lewis Hamilton breaking Michael Schumacher's record for most number of Formula One titles and number of Formula One wins and championship wins as well. Well, Mick Schumacher, Michael Schumacher's son, is now the Formula Two champion for 2020. And now he's joining Haas Racing in Formula One. Watch out. I just want you to watch out. That's it. It's going to be exciting to see what Mick Schumacher can do. He said he was, quote, a bit overwhelmed, you know, following in his father's footsteps. And also an Indian racer uh, actually won this final uh, race um, in uh, Shakir, which was exciting. So that part was actually uh, another part of history as well. Um, but Mick Schumacher, yeah, he's going to Formula One, and it'll be interesting to see how well he does at the next level. That'll be exciting. That'll be really exciting. So congratulations to him. And there's your sports you don't care about. And I got a little bit of trivia for you. Monday, December 7th, actually, this is more of a fact. Uh, on December 7, 1963, led by Heisman Trophy winner Roger Starback at quarterback, Navy beats Army. See, see this, is the real, this is the real deal. I get this every, every Christmas from my mother-in-law. Navy beats Army 21 to 15 before 102,000 fans at Municipal Stadium in Philadelphia just 15 days following the, oh man, assassination of President John F. Kennedy. The game was originally scheduled for November 30th and postponed a week due to Kennedy's death. The president attended both the 1961 and 1962 Army Navy games and had planned to attend again in 1963. It's Navy's fifth straight victory in the series, and the win is preserved by stopping the cadets two yards shy of the goal line as time expires. Municipal Stadium will be renamed John F. Kennedy Stadium in 1964. And 
yards shy. I started this episode talking about the Chanticleers after Brittany Zamora reminded me about the Chanticleers stopping the BYU football team. Well, I guess one, one wide receiver, whatever his name was, at the two-yard line. I didn't do that at the two-yard line. There we go. Listen. Army-Navy. Army-Navy this weekend. Army-Navy this weekend. So we'll talk about that in Thursday's episode. Thanks, Bo. Thank you very much for watching on the Process Network YouTube channel, Twitch, and Facebook. Really appreciate it. If you're listening to the podcast, please share and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen. Right? In the end, everything is about money. And hopefully, you can make some when you bet. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every, and all week. That's what we live for, for you to make money. All right, that's the end of the episode.